This is Your Pain Game Podcast, where we talk about the game of living in and with chronic pain and trauma, getting to the heart of how to heal. I am your host, Lindsay Soprano. On the show, I plan on discussing with doctors, chronic pain patients, holistic practitioners, loved ones, and anybody that is interested in having their voice heard in the chronic pain and trauma world that we live in. Many, many years ago, I briefly dated an amazingly sweet man in Nova Scotia. And by from Nova Scotia, I mean he lived there and I was in California. So (laughs) put those together. (laughs) Successful mission from California to Nova Scotia. Anyways, I oddly don't remember how I met him, but I do remember everything after I met him. He had four kids, triplets and a single. I don't know if that's how you refer to that, but (laughs) it's like a baseball team. It's triplets and a single. So after a short time of dating from afar, we decided that I should go and stay with him and his his four kids in Nova Scotia with my four dogs and uh, to see if this was actually potentially going to be a thing, right? And it was not the best idea on the planet with four kids and four dogs. But one of the things that I found out was that two of his kids had type 1 diabetes. And I'd never really been around anyone that had had diabetes. I, and even to this day, I don't know enough about it because I haven't needed to. And I think that that's silly of me because it is so rampant across the United States and well, globally, you know, why is that, right? So the relationship wasn't a match. <laughs> it was beyond hectic. But I do have a couple takeaways for you guys. Don't drive to Nova Scotia from California in a snowstorm with four dogs, like a complete asshole. Like, just don't do that. Um, Appreciate and understand how delicate and precious our bodies are. And what an incredible challenge managing diabetes is and the importance of it and how we can help prevent it. So years later, a couple of my dogs actually passed away from diabetes. And I can tell you that I'm not comparing dogs to humans, but it's a horrible thing to have to manage all day long with your animals, with your people, right? How do we do that better? How do we face those challenges? And why are we even faced with these challenges? And what, how can we play a more active role, right, in our healthcare? So with that, my guest today is on a mission to empower us all to take that active role in their health so they can create health on their own terms. Her goal is to put the power back in her clients and their family's hands by providing tools and guidance to mitigate and in some cases, completely reverse their pain and their type 2 diabetes. So let's talk about it. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my guest today, Dr. Lara Bay. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Last time I saw her for our meet and greet, she had to pull over into a parking lot and she had a flat bill hat on and she was just like this little <laughs> rock star. Now she's all gussied up for me today. So thanks for showing your beautiful face. Oh, well, thanks today. for having me. Yeah, no, it wasn't even a parking lot. It was just an off-ramp. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, I got to talk to Lindsay right now. Yep, That's what I'm like, talking mm, about, guys. <laughs> so Dr. Larry May is an advanced clinical pharmacist, functional medicine health coach, and a master attuned intuitive healer and teacher at her company, Light Body Healing and Consulting. She specializes in getting to the root cause, root cause guys, of disease via functional medicine, and energy medicine. We talk a lot about that on this show, especially our bodies and our energy. 
After working in emergency rooms and adult acute care for over a decade, she transitioned into integrative health. And due to her own struggles with her health, she started studying and practicing. You say it. <laughs> you Asui Reiki. Oh, that's the Asui. one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, which one? <laughs> which one? Which one is it? Right. <laughs> and then she found functional med- medicine in 2017. The rest is history. So I am going to roll out the red carpet for you. I'd like to start with what the hell is diabetes and what is the difference between type one and type two? Ultimately, diabetes is our body not knowing what to do with the glucose that's circulating through our bloodstream. So ideally, what should happen is we either eat sugar or our body also makes sugar. Our body releases its own sugar at times when it's triggered too. And then in response, based on the level, our pancreas will pump out the insulin. The insulin comes along and grabs the glucose and stores it away as fat. So that's why diabetics that are insulin dependent, whether they're type 1 or type 2, will oftentimes find themselves gaining weight because insulin is a fat storage hormone. So that's the other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that insulin is a hormone in the body. So, yes, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, so, yeah, which is why when you're a diabetic, you go to an endocrinologist even, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, well, if I have my thyroids out of whack, I go to an endocrinologist too. Or if my estrogen or testosterone um, I should go to an endocrinologist, but usually they'll send me to a different practitioner. I'm all confused. Like, what are all these people doing? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's basically our healthcare system. It's yes. all freaking confusing. <laughs> yes, yes. But the difference between type 1 and type 2 is type 1 is a genetic mishap, malfunction. Snafu. Yeah, snafu that is triggered at some point, usually during childhood. Um, it is one of the less than 2% of disease states that are truly genetic. And... Type two is brought on by lifestyle choices. You know, I'm all about radical responsibility these days. So we create it. Unfortunately, we do that to ourselves. But you know what that means? Is that means we can uncreate it. We can fix it. We can heal it. We can move beyond it. So I think there's great power in knowing what we create. I love that so much. It's almost like it just feels so good to say that we can pull ourselves out of a lot of our health issues by unfortunately having to look at ourselves pretty straight on in the mirror and go, all right, so I've got X, Y, and Z stuff. How did I actually <laughs> add to this and bring this to my my body and my health and my life and all of that? What are the things along the way, right? So, okay, so with you, you work specifically with um, type to diabetes, right? Yes. So can we talk a little bit about what you do in relation to that? Yes, absolutely. So what I do, normally people come to me, they already know something is amiss. So I'm not the diagnostician here. You, people already know what's going on when they get to, by the time they get to me. And, but what we do is we go through and we look at what are you eating? What is your life? What does your daily life look like? How are you sleeping? Um, how often do you eat? All those good things. How much stress do you have in your life? How much support do you have in your life? How do you handle the stress that is in your life? Because we all have stress, right? But how do we handle it? Do we just shove it in our body and 
shove it down and <laughs> and go <laughs> go through life with a smile and say, I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I'm the Nothing poster child here. for that. Yeah. No, I'm the poster <laughs> child for it, for sure. I, I, I've said before that I'm I, Meryl Streep ain't got shit on me when it comes to <laughs> acting through things. I've got many, many Academy Awards for doing just that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Fooling, fooling the world that yeah. ain't nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. But at the end of the day, I mean, all it's doing is hurting ourselves, you know? Right. So... Yes. And so beyond that, uh, once we've, I, I call it my in-depth health history and health evaluation, which most people, even throughout our entire life in Western medicine, never really get a good comprehensive thorough one. And so I also want to know, you know, um, were you born by a C-section? Did you have a lot of antibiotics in your life as a child? Uh, were there traumas? I know you're going to ask me about this later, but I can also just say like, if there were any traumas that a client of mine wants to bring forward, I provide space for them to do that. And then again, like, are you on medications now? What are they? How long have you been on them? What have you tried? What have you, you know, that's worked? What have, what are all the things that you tried that obviously haven't worked? You know, so I very in-depth conversation and then I order tests. And so that's sort of like the cornerstone of functional medicine. Besides the fact that it's a systems-based approach, meaning it's a whole body integrative look. So I'm not just looking at your pancreas. I want to see, you know, how is your gut health? What are your thoughts about your disease process or your life or this whole thing that's going on for you? You know, that mind and body connection is for real. And the more we recreate and repave those roads, the better and easier time we have moving forward of healing and putting some of these things in the rear view and reversing them. Well, and I love that. And I love that that it's functional because what I've learned over the past couple of years, especially since I started this show, is how left behind I've been with Western medicine for a decade. Actually, earlier than that. Like there were things that happened. Like, for example, I have polycystic ovarian, PCOS, right? And I couldn't get pregnant, all of these different things. And we're talking about going back to childhood trauma And I read so much about how all of these things that happen within our body can happen from things that happen to us when we're younger. And those traumas can come in and influence our energy, obviously, and our body and our development. And when you have childhood traumas, even adulthood traumas, you know, I I feel like that it, it sits so close into our bodies and goes into our cells and into our brain. And it just transforms who you actually end up becoming. And I love that we can uncreate that, like you said earlier, because that gives me hope versus like, well, that's it. But the functional part of it is so interesting to me because I've never been functional. I've never gone through all of the testing for functional medicine until a, almost a year ago where I started going down the path. I found out so many incredibly interesting and also detrimental things that have been just harboring in my body and eating me away, basically. And nobody said, well, maybe we should test you for this. Nobody got curious Mm -hmm. about why I was having these issues. And so now I'm here and everybody's curious in my life now. And I love that. And that's something that I I love about you, that curiosity. Like, okay, well, it's like a puzzle, you know? Our health is kind of like a puzzle because not everybody is the same. Everybody, we're all different. So if you're going to be like, oh, well, your cholesterol is high. We're just going to put you on this. Well, do you know why my cholesterol is high? Because my liver's sluggish. We'll start there. My mom and my grandma had really high cholesterol. Like no questions are being asked. 
And I think that that's something that's really important for us moving forward in our healthcare, like you said, to be our own advocates of our health and to take responsibility for the decisions that we make in our lifestyle, you know? Yeah. And and I'll say too, you know, because diabetes also type two also gets this wrap of, well, it runs in my family, so I must be doomed. I'm going to get it. Sure. And I'm also from the school of epigenetics, which is, you know, it's about the environment. Yes, we might have genetic tendencies within our lineage, but that's not set in stone. That's not your destiny. Because again, we're all unique. We're all surrounded with different environments. So what's happening in our life is turning things on and off in our genetic makeup. So which is why emotional stress, mental stress, physical stress can trigger these things to develop. So with cholesterol, we can test for the familial hypercholesteremia because that is a specific genetic SNP. But most of us, it runs in the family because we have these historical ways that we eat that aren't great. (laughs) And And I'm from the South, so yeah, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm from, you know, the land of the fruits and the nuts here in Southern California. And I was fortunate with my parents that they were always very healthy. We were always very, very, very uh, healthy family, outdoorsy, super active. You know, my whole family is like that. And then with my CRPS, what happened, you know, I haven't been able to be active like I used to. And then with pain, I ended up stopping eating. And then as my listeners know, I started disordered eating and then I've been dealing with that. And it was like, oh my God, slippery slope. I'm trying to get myself better. And the first thing I had to do is actually start feeding my body again. And I'm still, I still don't have anybody guiding me on what I'm supposed to eat. It's just, it's ridiculous. After the mountains of money that I've spent, how I'm still feel like I'm behind on the number one thing that I need to be great at, which is nutrition. And I just stink at it. Not because I don't know what to eat. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. You don't want to do the eating or you don't want to do the... Oh, the- I don't want to do the eating. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. I've always said like, I just want to take a pill in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night, and I'm good. Like I'm not a foodie. I don't care. When I go out to eat with people, I move my food around and make it look like I ate. It's good. It's good stuff. It's very healthy. Very, very healthy behavior. Well, I just think this illustrates how unique we are because so much of the rest of our culture is wrapped around food. And yeah. food, I mean, how like we start with little kids of like we using food as as a reward or like bribing them or right. like rewarding them for a good job done. I mean, when I was on the swim team, we would get blow pops for if we could like how many laps down the pool we could go without a breath or if, you know, our relay one, we would get, you know, like just different things. We would be yeah, rewarded yeah. with sugar. So that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So no (laughs) wonder that we get addicted from very early on. And then by the time we're even, you know, like in our, for me, it was in my thirties is when I actually started. And this is part of my journey that I don't talk about very much actually is I was diagnosed with insulin resistance and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, not here, not happening. (laughs) Because my grandmother died of complications of type two diabetes. So by the time she passed away, she was insulin dependent. Okay. Now as a professional and as obviously as an adult, but really being able to own that I have power here. I don't have to, just because I get a label of a diagnosis doesn't mean that that means I'm doomed for A, B, and C to happen. And and like, there's no choice there, which a lot uh, happens a lot in Western medicine with a lot of different things, but very much so with diabetes. Oh, you're type two diabetic. Okay. Here's your pill. And you know, you should expect in this many years that you're going to start losing feeling in your extremities. It's called neuropathy. And then in a few more years, 
you're probably going to go into kidney failure. Oh, if you get an infection in one of those extremities and we can't, you know, treat it, then we're going to have to take it off. So you're going to have, you know, like all these barbaric things that we still do. And no, no, it is not, doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) I love, and it's a message of hope. And it's something that we talk about all the time around here is hope because we have to have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and it, that's so, yeah, Western medicine just blows my mind. I mean, it just, it makes me so angry that we have spent so much money and so much time taking all of these pills and doing all of these things that have caused so much more damage. And I'm speaking for myself, but, but that it caused so much more damage and a lot of things that were really, really scary that doctors were giving me. My first round with one of my billion doctors at USC Keck Medicine of all places gave me 120 milligrams of ketamine on my first dose. And I went on a fucking K-hole. No, you, <laughs> like you wouldn't believe and it was not fun. No. And I'm like, I'm like 102 pounds wet for crying out loud. And I'm like, you're giving me enough medication to knock out an elephant. Like there's just so much mismanagement and just, I, I don't even, it just infuriates me. And so it's so nice to have these conversations with people that are like-minded in this department. I do believe that there is a place for Western medicine in for our sure. world. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But when it comes to our day-to-day, I don't. <laughs> yeah. The, the Western medicine is great for broken bones, for emergency surgeries. You know, if you have, you know, a burst appendix or a ruptured gallbladder or something like that, that's going to cause systemic infection. We got to get that thing out. Great for that. Heart surgeries even. Great. Fantastic. But for chronic illness, no. They, Mm-mm. their definition of treat is here's a medication that treats your symptoms, but it does not get anywhere near the root cause because that question is never even asked. So that's the big difference between Western medicine and functional medicine. For anybody out there, if you're new, is that functional medicine is a root cause approach. We want to know what's causing the inflammation that's causing your symptoms, that's causing the disease state. And we want to get to that root and rebalance things. Your body wants to be in a state of homeostasis, which means balance. So even if you've been living in this state of imbalance for years and years and years, your, bo- your body's actually trying every single day to get you back to balance. So we just have to help it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I need a little bit more help than some people, that's <laughs> for sure. But I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable how we are, and like we said earlier, how you are curious. I'm also curious. This is, we have to be asking people to ask us questions. Like I literally, when I go in and I meet yet a new doctor or a new whatever, I have a sheet that I have printed out that says all the medications I've tried, all of the things that it caused, the surgeries I've had, stuff that happened to me when I was a little girl, all the way through to adulthood. Like I give them a one sheet when I come into my first appointment, when I check in at the front desk with whomeverville. And I'm like, please tell the doctor to read this before they come in and talk to me because I don't want to go through this for the 7,000th time and they still don't even ask questions. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped going to the doctors. I just stopped. I was like, I'm not even going to do this anymore. I'm going to try to heal myself on my own. And that's how I started the show. And so here I am. I, the only reason I've gone to a doctor has been for emergency purpose. That's it. Other than that, I, have, I haven't seen a doctor. But I am in the process of interviewing functional doctors here in Southern California. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> because we need to interview them. They are yes. people that are taking are supposed to be taking care of our bodies. And you have to have good synergy and good bedside manner. I need somebody that I can sit down next to and I can use the F word with. Like, I mean, let's be real. Like, I want to be able to be me, say what's happened, cry like I always do, whatever it is, and not feel judged 
and not feel like they're looking at their watch and they're ready. They're already one foot out the door, which is how I feel a lot of us, especially women, how we feel when we go to the doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You definitely should be interviewing all your practitioners. And if you don't like the response that you get, go find another one. There's lots of them out there. There's so many. I mean, granted, like, so most of us are working within the parameters of insurance and, but still, even within that, there's a lot to choose from. So don't feel like, you know, that you don't have anywhere else to turn because there, there's lots of options. It might be exhausting and infuriating, but remember that you're choosing yourself. You're advocating for yourself and that the discussion that happens in a practitioner's office should be just that, a discussion of, you know, oh, you know, I'm thinking about this treatment for you. This is the full explanation of it. What do you think? How does that feel to you? Whatever happened to true informed consent? I have no idea because I think you just caused a couple car accidents (laughs) right now. (laughs) People are like, what? (laughs) Pull it on the off ramp just to listen to us so don't crash and burn. Yeah, for, I don't know, like um, COVID was a blessing and a curse in a lot of different ways. And everybody says it. Yeah. I think one of the curses was that informed consent, whatever we had left, just went right out the damn window. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, yeah. And we were stuck with whatever we could get. That's for sure. But you kind of ramped up um, and your dedication to the diabetic side of things in your practice. Because I know she doesn't just talk, she doesn't just do diabetes, guys. She does all kinds of other things too. But we just wanted to focus on this a little bit more today. But that the diabetes epidemic during the pandemic, you know? So how did you help people get through that? Because that's nuts. Well, I saw, I was still working in the hospital full time at that point. And I just saw, you know, an untold number of people that were overweight, dying at a higher proportion and diabetics were dying at a higher, higher rate also. And Hmm. it was just so frustrating for me because these two things are completely preventable and reversible. Obesity is preventable, reversible. So is diabetes. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not blowing it off and telling you that it's easy. No. It can be if you want it to be. Again, that's a thought that we're having about the thing that's happening. And we can talk about how powerful our thoughts are. But but it is something that's possible. And that just even having that thought of, oh, this is possible for me to reverse, for me to get beyond, um, I think is super important and empowering for people to even like start there. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, talking about COVID, I don't want to spend too much time on COVID because I think all of us were like COVIDed out. But Mm -hmm. Um, during that span of time, so many amazing things happened to us as a globe. Um, but one of the things that I took away from it was that I really, really needed to take care of myself more than I was. Mm-hmm. And so m- much of it was stress related, um, which is still my, still my biggest thing. But earlier, you had mentioned um, a little bit ago about how it's our response to stress. That is where I actually suck so many bags of you know what, because I... When something stressful comes into my world, I immediately respond in a negative way. I don't, I, I don't even know why. And I'm, I'm working on it within myself to figure out like, why am I doing that? Because I know that stress, along with diabetes and other health problems, obviously, it, 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 we're so damn inflamed. And I want to talk about inflammation and how all of this kind of leads into what inf- inflammation does to your body mm-hmm. and our brains. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to talk about that too, but I also want to go back to because you said I respond in a negative way. What does that mean for and look like for you? What is negative? Anger, anger, anger. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I lose or or I just lose my mind and I just start sobbing and I go into bed for a little bit and I'm like, all right, I got that out. 
Well, see, that's actually a good thing. But look at you being curious. Yeah. See, this is what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. She literally (laughs) just like put the kibosh on me and was like, no, 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 no. You're not getting away with that one. I love that. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) Well, it's because... Calling me out on my stuff. Well, it's it's how we frame things. Again, like that labeling it negative is really a reflection of self-judgment. And we all do it. And because it's actually really healthy to have emotions. So when we're not having the emotions, what are we doing? We're having the thoughts and then we're just shoving that shit in in different parts of our body. It could be in our ovaries. It could be in our uterus. It could be in our pancreas. It could be in our spine. You know, any of the places where inflammation, pain, disease shows up in your body, that should be if we know we're going to talk here about that connection between energetics and disease manifestation, that should be the first place that you go to get curious. Like, why? You know, what's my pattern? And it's a pattern. It's something we learned along the way. So it just is a little bit of, takes a little bit of curiosity. The learning about ourselves part is the scariest part of what I've been going through. It, certainly more recently than, than ever, um, just because I'm, I'm working so damn hard to try to get my body to uncreate what's been created, you know? And it's like baby steps. I, I, my, my stuff started in my feet. And um, so for me, it's been moving upwards, right? From my feet all the way up into full body CRPS. And so with that being said, it's like, where do you start when your whole entire body hurts, you know? And so I was always focusing on my feet. And then I realized I'm like, okay, well, I've spent like a billion dollars on shoes, (laughs) none of which have solved any problems. Um, you know, and so I started like with these little steps here, these little things here. And then I just flipped my switch. And this is very recent where I said, I'm going to start top box, top down instead of bottom up. And so with that, I wrote a list of like from my head all the way down to my feet, all of the things that I needed to work on within myself that would be good for those parts of my body. I have no idea why I started to do it or how I came up with this idea, but I may have read it somewhere. I don't know. But something that I just recently started doing. And it's really, it's a really interesting way for me because I'm a real like list, list of things to do every single day. And even if I do something that's not on my list, I write it on my list and then I cross it off so I can see that I did all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I add to my list after I've even done them and then so I can do it. But it's something that's been really interesting for me to assess where my priorities actually ended up being. And it was not what I expected it to be. And so there's just so many different tools that we can, you know, that we can use to mm-hmm. help ourselves. <laughs> my I thing like is that. the self-talk. I for like sure. that approach. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nobody steal that, right? Because that's now <laughs> mine. <laughs> I haven't named it yet, but it's going to be some wild and crazy thing that's going to pop out in a year or two. No, but it was just an interesting thing for me to take some inventory of like everything that's gone wrong with my health since I was a little, little girl and how I did not feel safe in any of the situations that I was ever in with my body and my health since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Never have. And so I'm working through a lot of that. Some of that's trauma. Some of it's like, well, I was born with it. Just like you were saying, like my appendix ruptured. All right, well, that's not really because I did anything wrong. But, you know, it's just, it's it's really interesting for me to see and dive into myself and go, wow, these things in this timeline, when that happened, when things were going wrong with my health, it was, it, it's almost frightening that I'm, that I am as happy and go lucky and fabulous as I am when you look at this well, thing. Well, do you know why? <laughs> no. Because you, de- you decided. Yeah. You decided, damn it, I'm going to be happy and go lucky despite all this other shit. I'm, so again, like how powerful we all are. We can just decide and it will be. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, now where do you want to go for okay, this? Okay, well, because I didn't answer your question about the inflammation. I know, I know, I circled I know. back so, to call you I out, know, but. and I love the phrase circle back. It's like one of my favorites. <laughs> so probably on my tombstone, she always wanted to just circle back. Um, so yeah, I mean, inflammation is huge, especially in my life. And we're hearing the word, uh, I mean, it's just everywhere. It is so rampant. Why is it so rampant? And what the heck is going on with all of us? So... Let's start. And I know with, that's a big, that's a big question. Well, because as you were talking to like the, the, um, the message came through to me too, that like we need to talk about the cellular imprint of both stress and trauma. I like, I think tra- obviously trauma is stressful, so we can call it stress. We can call it whatever we want, but also this collective and familial and generational so yes, we're, we're born pure energetic beings into happy little baby bodies, right? And it doesn't take long at all before our parents and whoever else with, I'm sure, maybe hopefully good intentions, we can make that assumption. I don't know if that's whatever. Well, we'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> they start piling on, you know, and they say, yeah. you know, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, whether you want to or not, and show up this way, don't cry don't talk, don't yell, don't get angry, you know, all these things. So, and before I know it, we're like, just like paralyzed, like scrunched up, like little beings. So, that, so I can't be a human. Great. Right. That, that <laughs> blow up like a volcano every now and then, whether it's with anger or tears or whatever. Sometimes the people act out in violence because they just can't hold it in anymore. And I'm not saying violence is justified. I'm just saying like, this is part of our process. So eventually this has a physical effect and the inflammation is both cellular and chemical. And so it's a two-part approach to how do we address it. So one part is going in and doing that investigation and re-loving ourselves, uh, re-acknowledging uh, and loving that inner child with intention, releasing any collective trauma, stress, grief, grief's a big one that I don't huge. think gets processed yeah. or talked about nearly Shame. enough. Shame. Shame's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge, yeah. huge. And this can be even said for things just because this is what's happening right now. It's coming front of mind. Uh, an example would be like generational trauma, you know, uh, with the Jews throughout the Holocaust. And even before that, you know, like talk about generational trauma yeah. and we talk about things throughout our lineage too to be aware, but this also keeps it alive in our cellular structure and our cellular vibration because we're all energetic vibrational beings. So what do we do? So it's a matter of, again, being intentional and making the choice to release, let go. I work a lot with the light on the energetic side of things. So connect with source light, connect with that unconditional love that does exist in the universe. I promise y'all it does. (laughs) It's out there. (laughs) It kind of makes me sad when you were saying like to fall in love with yourself again, that, that baby or whatever. I don't have any recollection of loving myself. I honestly don't know if I do either, if, if I was to be honest, but that doesn't mean that we can't choose it now. Sure. And all the things that you're doing and the searching and all those things are acts of self-love. So give yourself that credit too. Yeah. Give yourself some grace, everybody. I have to say that to myself often because I, I am my worst enemy when it comes to judging, you know, and that, that's something that self-talk and all of that, you know, like I was in, I have an infrared sauna 
And um, I use it religiously. And every morning I'm in there and I do, you know, like, dong, 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 dong. I do my whatever I'm doing in there. Sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's crying, <laughs> sometimes it's singing, sometimes it's laying still, you know, doing some breath work or what have you. But man, it has been, it, it has been a challenge to find the person that I guess I feel like I was supposed to be and kind of like, kind of, well, recreate her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about create who you want new. to be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, I've held myself back from a lot of opportunity because I didn't feel like I was good enough or, you know, whatever, all that perfectionism that is like my worst. Like my dad has always said, some of the most, the most wonderful things about you are absolutely the worst things about you. Because I, I'm I'm such a I'm such a challenge the Gemini in me or what have you, but I'm such a challenge in that regard where I'm like I'm a giving and loving and all of this, but I give and I love too much that I don't take care of myself and I take care of everybody else. So it's like, ah, uh, when I did the flip, that's where my flip, where which I was mentioning earlier, where I started from my head down. That's where my I had to do the flip where I decided I was going to choose me first instead of everybody else. And so that flip didn't happen overnight. It's just been this like gradual shift. And I decided the way that I was going to do me over people was starting from my head down. So anyway. Learning how to <laughs> say no with love. <gasps> Boundaries have been the most empowering thing that I've done though during this journey thus far. Yeah. 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 I've been like, no. No is a complete <laughs> and loving sentence. <laughs> it is so wonderful. No. Uh-uh. I don't think so, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But to go back to the, what is, so you asked me about the physical inflammation. Why is it everywhere? Yeah. So we, if you think about our cells, I mean, we can think about them as perfect little circles, even though they're really not, but we'll just say for the purpose right, of this explanation. We, we have them in our are. brain, our biology class. They're little circles. They're little yeah. circles, you know, cell <laughs> membranes. Yeah. And when they get inflamed, they get all crinkled up and twisted. We'll just call it that. Why, okay. why does that matter? Because on the outside of our cells are all these receptors and these channels, which is how nutrients get in, which is how electrons and our um, electrolytes go in and out of the cell. It's actually how our muscles contract. Uh, pro, they call it proton gradients. So if your cells are all crinkly and twisted and you know gnarled up, then your receptors aren't going to be available to bind to all the things that it needs to, to let the nutrients in, which keeps the cell healthy. So this is also part of the problem with diabetes. So the insulin resistance. So the glucose will be either overloaded and your cell will be super saturated. So it's met its load and now there's just extra floating around in your bloodstream. And that's when we have hyperglycemia or those and or both really, the receptors are so misaligned and damaged that they can't grab on to the glucose like they used to. So what is the result? You have less in the cell, so the cell's not fed, and you have the extra floating through your bloodstream. Great. Well, I think my cells probably look like a, a like a Christmas morning with all of my <laughs> Christmas wrapping paper just all thrown on the ground. That's my cells. <laughs> <laughs> or no, Lindsay, let's talk more happy about it and say my, my cells are healthy and round and plump and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've already learned on this episode, guys, self-talk, because it is incredible how, our, how powerful our mindset is. I mean, yes. it truly is. Yeah. So what we say to ourselves matters. But beyond that, too, how we feel about what we say. So when we're shifting to say that my cells are happy and plump, 
can we feel what that will like? What would that feel like if your cells were happy and plump? And instead of my cells are in hell, instead of my cells yeah. are just doing their job. What would, it feel, <laughs> what would it feel like if they were happy and doing all the things that they're supposed to? I have lists of things that I know what my cells would be doing if they were a little bit more plump and happy. I can tell you that much right now. One would be being able to walk my dogs again. Yeah. Um, that's literally on the top of my list of things that I have to be able to accomplish. That's so simple. That's just some, something so simple that we took, I took for granted. And I took dancing for granted and skiing for granted and yoga for granted. I took all of it. And so when you step back and you lose a lot of it, you're like, well okay, this is it. I'm just stuck with myself in my house and I can't go and do anything. No, of course not, Lindsay. You know, in the meantime, get a wheelchair, go out and do a couple of 5Ks. That's what I've been doing, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So when, with, when you're treating um, inflammation and diabetes and all the other things that you do, do you work um, a lot with pain in relation to diabetes, particularly and inflammation? Because I know with me, I live in pain, but I know the underlying root causes of it. I do, which I find it took forever to get to it, but we now have it. Now it's like, now what do I do? But do you do, do you help people in, in the pain department when it comes to this? I do a lot of, especially my diabetic patients come to me with the neuropathy complaints. And, um, and that's one of their first questions. They're like, yeah, yeah, with the diabetes, the blood sugar, whatever. Can we get this neuropathy thing to stop? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and understand. And the answer it. is yes. But it also, there's a caveat. Usually it takes longer. And I say usually because I don't, I don't want to be one of those practitioners that like pigeonholes any of my patients or clients into a timeline because I do believe a miraculous healing is possible, but it's possible when the receiver, when the patient, when the person that's going through it believes it's possible for them. So that's the other thing I say is you are your own best healer. So I am even with when I'm doing an intuitive or Reiki session, I am the conduit. I am the space holder. I'm the channel. I'm the guide, but I am not doing the work for you. You are your own best healer. So. <laughs> Damn it. No, it's actually great because you can't complain that you can't find a healer. You're it. You're it. You're it. And you're it. And, and that's literally why I started the show in the first place. Cause I was like, I've had it. I'm up to here. I'm going to find people to help me heal because I know at the end of the day, I'm at, I'm at the end of the day, I'm the one behind the wheel. That's it. Nobody else is driving this hot mess express over here but me <laughs> right well and because a lot of people do say well my doctor's driving this train or my group yeah. of doctors is driving and and but then they're like but my doctors don't talk to each other that's <laughs> Which, exactly right it's so stupid it's very frustrating even as yeah. a practitioner it's frustrating so, I bet. because you know a lot of times you're looking for information well if i just had this piece of information i would know like you know which which way to go next sure, um sure. so uh, yeah, so it's so great when people finally say, no, I'm the conductor. <laughs> I'm the one driving the train. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the greatest showman. I'm going to be the one that's going to put on this performance, not anybody else. And and that's that's something that um, I also had to learn. And I think we all kind of do, you mm -hmm. know, no matter what we're trying to get through. At the end of the day, I mean, we lose people. We go through so many things in our lives and we can only, the only way that we're going to feel the way that we're going to feel is because that's how that's the test is our choice, you know, and, it, and it's really hard to take your health into your own hands sometimes because we feel, especially here in the United States, I mean, from a healthcare perspective, I feel like we're, we're constantly leaning on having to go to a doctor in order to get healed. And I just, it's just, just not that way. It's just not the case. Yeah. And I love the energy healing side of it. So I'd like to talk, uh, I'd like to get into 
what you do in the energy space because it is, I mean, we, we're emotional people. Emotion is energy. You know, all of this is. We can feel... There's a reason why we, we feel we get the chills. We, I mean, we are this energetic force, you know? Yeah. So we are beings of light. That is actually a scientific fact. It's not woo-woo. <laughs> well, I like so that I you start woo-woo because a lot of people will go, oh, great, here we go. Here we go with the woo-woo. <laughs> but one yeah. of the things that I like to do is bring the science into the woo-woo. So here, here okay. we go. So we're beings of light. We're actually made up of photons, which are particles of light. And we are also made up of carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, you know, all of the different molecules that make up our DNA and our cells and our cell structure and our organs. All of that is also what the universe is made up of and the earth and the stars and the stardust. So we are stardust. There is more space within us than there is actual matter. So we are energetic vibrating beings and it's actually an optical illusion that you and I are even looking at each other right now. If we want to get into like the crazy quantum. I, I kind of do because <laughs> she's looking at my face right now because my mouth is like, I'm like smiling with my mouth open at the same time. So yeah, because when everyone's like, oh, light and spirit and source and all of that, it's so confusing to some people that don't believe in it. When, and, but I like that you brought the word science into it because it is like, this is a legitimate thing. But yeah, please talk about how our perception of what we're seeing is... It's, no, talk about the stardust, would you? Yeah, so more and more and more, the science is actually reinforcing and supporting what we've known spiritually for thousands and thousands of years. So uh, you're a yogi, I'm a yogi. We can start there. Uh, you know, like that's a tradition that is thousands of years old. They know that sound heals. They know that um, movement and breath and postures heal. They, you know, thousands, they didn't know why. But now we're starting to understand even the concept of coherence versus dissonance. So coherence is like if you look at a, a wave line, coherence is like if you have two wave lines they're in sync with each other. Like they go up and down at the same time and they're essentially doing everything in parallel mirroring each other. Dissonance would be if you have one line going up and down and then your next, the, the parallel line is like crisscrossing it and is like maybe like faster or taller depending on your amplitude or frequency, you know, they're not in sync. So what's happening in our body when we have the inflammation is dissonance. So things are not in sync. This is when you're in pain, things are not in sync. When yeah. we're, you know, having a panic attack or we're super depressed or, you know, any of those things, not in sync, we're in dissonance. But we can create coherence just by centering ourselves and doing some deep breathing. It's not complicated. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. And it is based on age old practices that we are now being able to understand how they work on the molecular and cellular level because of our scientific research. It does make sense because I'm, of course, I'm, I'm thinking about like what my little chart would look like right now of dissonance. And there's like lines going all over the place. There's nothing running parallel. There's nothing running in sync, at least not. Okay, Lindsay, we're going to step back. We're not going to say nothing. There are plenty of things that are working. There are just a few things that are not right now that I've got to get 
figured out. Yeah. You're here. <laughs> we all have our shit. Yeah. We all have our shit. We all have stuff to work on. So don't you dare think that you don't have stuff to do for yourself and others. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's that the the physical and energetic part of healing, it, they, they go hand in hand in, in mm-hmm. my in my view at least. Because I find that when I do tapping or I do things that are in energy work, I feel so much better. It's unbelievable. But I also have had the experience. I did a couple different tapping sessions with this this gal friend of mine, Lauren Fonville. She was on the show, but she's amazing. And I was like physically unable to not stop crying the following day after. Like we unleashed so much emotion that needed to come out. Like Mm -hmm. I could not even function. I was just laying on the couch crying. That was it. That's all I did for the whole day. And she's like, I texted her. She's like, just let it go. Like just keep letting it come out because we opened something that needed to come out. And then I wanted to put the lid on it. Right. Like, and it was the putting on the lid that got you to where you are before that. Right. So yeah. always remember too, that where we are today did not get to be that way overnight. So because we live in a, in a time space continuum on this planet, the planet earth is, has the level of time with it. Not, not all dimensions and realms have time, but this one does. And so what does that mean? It means that we Creation takes time. Destruction takes time. It doesn't mean it takes a lot. It has to take a lot of time. But, you know, again, you didn't get here overnight and you're not going to normally reverse everything overnight. But again, like I believe in miraculous healing, too. So that's why I like I don't want to like put that out there too much because it is possible. But again, we all have to believe that it's possible. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I believe that there is a source energy out there. I believe that we are all souls and we chose to incarnate here. But that also means that we're all connected and that we'll sort of mm, reconnect when we leave this life and we may choose to come back or not. Maybe some of us will choose to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) I might need one break. I might just need one and then I'm going to come back like gangbusters. (laughs) Yeah. But from those humans that have had um, experiences, quote, with the other side, the, what the feedback is, is that we choose to incarnate here on this planet at this time so that we can experience contrast, meaning the good, the bad. So we can experience emotion. So we can experience time even because time does not exist across all realms. And so you, the earth is such a unique place and it presents us with so many challenges. But really, I'm starting to see it more as like a challenge to remember who we are at our core. And we're light, we're love, we're soul, we're source. We are source, every single one of us. So when it comes to healing and, and, and this angelic side of things, this light, this source, how do you work in regards to helping your clients heal through this energy work that you do? So a lot of it is just providing the safe space so people will be willing to allow themselves to feel the feelings. Just like you said, when you went through that tapping with uh, your your practitioner friend, and the next day you had a huge emotional release. Most of us don't want to allow ourselves to feel those feelings, but we have to. We have to allow ourselves to feel the feelings because the thing is, is they're temporary. They're not going to stay around forever. And if we let ourselves feel them, then they will move through us because they are energy too. So the only thing constant in the, on this 
planet at this time is change. That's true with everything. That's another universal truth. As Carolyn Mace would say, truth with a big T. <laughs> it's a big T being trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I hear all the time. Little T's and big T's. Like, oh she my says, gosh, they're all just big. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She'll say, now, are you guys ready? This is a, this is a big truth, big T. <laughs> And I think that I think that facing the truth is probably the hardest part of healing because at the end of the day, you damn well know what you're doing wrong. I mean, honestly, like if you sit down and look at yourself in the mirror for just a second, go, hmm, I wonder why I put on 40 pounds. Well, maybe you should stop putting Carl's Jr. burgers into your mouth. Like there's so many things that we know that we're doing wrong and we continue to do them. Like me, I'm like, you know, I should probably stop drinking so much red wine. Eh, I'll do it tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we do that and then we put it off and we put it off and we keep doing it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, you know, the next day. And that procrastination over time has added up to unhealthy lifestyle choices, you know? And so a lot of it, at least from my perspective, is from marketing advertising in our culture. Um, you know, because they make food look delicious and they make drinking look amazing, you know, and you're you're smart, you're sophisticated, you're thin, you're beautiful, and you you're on your 18th martini, but your panties are on your ankles in the bathroom with some random stranger. That's not a good <laughs> lifestyle choice, <laughs> which can lead to problems with your health, you know. And I can speak to that particular example because I've been there. And it's it, you know, when you make these choices in your life and then you beat yourself up about why they why they happened, you know, it's a lot of it is just looking back at yourself as well. Not saying that there aren't things that happen to us. Obviously, I'm the first one to say that I've had plenty of things happen to me that I were completely out of my control. But to circle back to our earlier com- part of our conversation, those those things come up and we can't we can't really we can't blame them. We have to come back and go, okay, well, that stuff happened. So now what? We're just going to sit in it. We're going to let it keep us sick. We're going to, you know, have it get in the way of our relationships, our success, all of that, because you just don't want to open up and let go. That's, that's, that's being stuck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a big part of it that's self-forgiveness. So even though we made decisions and choices, no matter how old we were, I was going to say when we were younger, but even if we're still doing it now, just being willing to forgive yourself and move forward. So there's a big, huge piece of that too. So when, again, when someone comes to me and I work with them on just the energetic piece alone, I'm doing a lot of holding space and allowing the energy to go where it needs to go and allowing the emotions that need to come up and out, come up and out and making sure that whoever, whether it's distance or in person, that they know they're in a safe space and that knowing that whatever is coming up is for their highest and greatest good. I 100% believe in that message. And it's a good one to end us today with because it it is a message of hope. And um, we really like to do that around here. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, where can we find you online? So I am at Dr. Lara May. That's D-R-L-A-R-A-M-A-Y on all the socials. I actually just joined TikTok yesterday. (gasps) I know. You crazy (laughs) woman. Well, someone said, there's lots of doctors on TikTok. You say it would be good for your practice. I'm like, "Mm, okay, we'll see. Yeah, some people say go jump off a cliff as well. And so I guess you're just (laughs) joining them too. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Those are my main three. I'm going to see how the TikTok thing goes. <laughs> oh my God, stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My website is drlaramay.com. 
And so that's where pretty much my whole practice lives online. So you can find life coaching sessions, functional medicine programs, uh, intuitive healing sessions. I have fun memberships that are extremely affordable. If you want to show up every month and just receive some Reiki, that's what that's there for. Uh, because I want to make it accessible for everyone to have a place to go to. I do seasonal detoxes as a, mm. like a quarterly membership. And then I also do a monthly meal planning. I don't play it. Well, I guess I kind of do plan the meals for you. I provide you a shopping list and recipes for the entire month. And then obviously like you get to decide how that fits into your life. But then there's also support um, every month. So live calls with that too. So you can bring your questions and get coached and all that good stuff. I love it. Thank you so much. That is wonderful. This has been so much fun with you. And I I know we were kind of like going over there and going over here and going over there because we have so much that we want to talk about because she's she's so holistic in what she does. And so we could have 18 more episodes. We could have our own podcast together just on this. Oh, we and could. We could, we could. Um, I think we'd be just talking randomly for hours and hours on end. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, we but could outline you. it out, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here with me. I appreciate it. And um, I have so much to learn from you. Even still, after this episode, my, I'm more curious than I was before we started. And that was the whole point. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you for Yay. having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, no problem. I love having you. Yeah, the, I will just say two more things. If you want to learn to be a practitioner yourself, I also teach Reiki and channeling. And then I do have a retreat coming up. I'm not sure when this will be published, but I'm, I'm co-facilitating, I guess is the word, a retreat to Bali in February of 2024. We're calling it a self-love retreat because it culminates around um, that holiday with all the red and the flowers. What do you call Oh, Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Yep, that. <laughs> so it's a self-love you mean that Bali thing that retreat. Hallmark created for yeah, all of us to exactly. spend gobs of money that are unnecessary. Yeah, come love yourself in Bali instead. <laughs> oh my God, I would totally do that. My sweetie and I don't do anything on those kind of days. We're like, every day's Valentine's Day. Why do we need to have an actual Valentine's yeah, Day? Yeah. Ew, and we're so gooey and gross. Pay like four times I'm out for dinner. <laughs> no, seriously. <thank> <laughs> Yeah, with a bunch of people like getting engaged or breaking up. Who knows what's happening on Valentine's Day? <laughs> Never a dull moment, always entertaining. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here with us. You can find her at drlaramay.com and follow her on all of the socials. Thanks again, girl. And I will be in touch with you. All right. Thank you. You are exclusively invited to share this curious and empowering VIP pain journey together. Let's get to the heart of how to heal with you by my side. Do you know someone who is living in and with chronic pain or is struggling with health challenges or trauma? If you do, send them our way here to the Pain Game Podcast or to Dr. Leigh May. We are here for you. We would love to connect with you, hear your heartfelt stories of strength and wisdom. And I am here to give you a safe place to unleash and share any incredible story that you'd like to. Please follow the Pain Game Podcast wherever you digest your podcast content. We will be there. Visit us at thepaingamepodcast.com and follow us on all the socials. Thanks for listening, my little VIPs. Catch you on the other side.